Hi, this is Jeremy Gritton, art director and story lead for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 95 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, August 15th, 2021. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, I'm joined by guest co-host David Whitaker, famed 2K of Level 1 Gaming, to discuss the latest gaming news, including the ID at Xbox Showcase, Battlefield's rough technical previews, and Gamescom expectations. After that, I'm joined by the developers of the upcoming title Mayhem Brawler, a 90s arcade-inspired beat-em-up and an urban fantasy joyride. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week we have two people on docket to offer words of kindness to. The first goes to Mr. High Ruler of the Assemble cast. This man has been pumping out content for Marvel's Avengers, which can be a tough road to travel. But as a fan of the game of myself and looking forward to War for Wakanda, I've gotten up to be having a, a good old friendship with Mr. High Ruler. And so he's been making my gaming week better. And I wanted to give a shout out to him. He has a YouTube channel as well, which you guys can check out if you indeed are interested in War for Wakanda and all that's going on there. So shout out to High Ruler. The second of our words of kindness this week goes to my guest for today, Mr. Fame 2K, David Whitaker of Level 1 Gaming. My man, what is up? Dude, like um, you started the show off with uh, with talking about the Avengers, and I'm finally getting back into it. So oh, it's really? good to see people. Yeah, I was, I mean, I've got so many days into it with, at the beginning, and while a lot of people didn't really play it, but now I, to hear more and more people playing that game is super exciting for me because I'm getting back in because, yes, War for Wakanda is a must play for me. I love Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, thanks for the kind words, by the way. Uh, I'm super excited to be here. Um, I know we, I had you on 2XP before, and I would love to get you back on again. And I'm happy to be here, be on EXP. So yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm excited to have a good show. I'm, dude, I'm stoked to have you every single episode. Uh, that you guys rock over there on 2XP is just it you make me laugh every single time in the best ways because you couple this insightfulness on gaming with a bit of humor every single time and it just gets me and it's exactly what we need in our gaming space good vibes nobody's throwing shade at anybody unless it's in jest and having a good time mm-hmm. uh, and that's how it should be man and you've seen you've getting been getting a bit of attention uh yourself i i, I noticed uh my man, Fame 2K, over on one of my favorite shows, Podcast Unlocked. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, it was, uh, I was actually at my nine to five. And when I got the DM from Ryan McCaffrey, and I had to double take because um, he had just followed me a few weeks prior. And that was a, a shocker for me. Like, this is, this is Ryan freaking McCaffrey. That's right. And when he said the DM for the invite, I, I was kind of shell shocked because, like, like you, I've been a 
big fan of podcasts unlocked i've watched it for so long and that's one of those shows like you can just really dream to be on mm-hmm. and um I'm, I'm not gonna lie i was i was i was nervous going on so i'm like this is this is being on podcast locked is a big deal in, in the gaming verse that, that yeah. i didn't i didn't expect for me to get the butterflies it's like you know um dating a girl for the first time I'm like oh man i don't want to mess up you know but mm-hmm. Some of the best advice I got from my own team was like, dude, like you've done plenty of podcasts to so go on there and have some fun. So I was fortunate enough to go on there. None of my jokes went over anyone's head. They had fun. They laughed. And uh, it was a good time. And I, I enjoyed the uh, exposure that it allowed for my team because I'm really big on my level one team, Baron, Farron, Jonathan. Um, so it, it, it was a blast to be on. And I am, I guess I can say it here. Uh, I am happy that Ryan McCaffrey will be joining the double XP panel here soon for a show. And I'm, I'm super excited to be able to speak with them again. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. Ryan is just one of those good people. Uh, not something that you can say, I think in the gaming industry, as far as creators and coverage is that you see someone that's consistently good for over yes. a decade and it's good to yes. people and tries to better themselves. And, uh, you know, he does that. I mean, I've, I've, we've gotten to have him on um, XEP once before. He wasn't mm-hmm. able to make episode 100, which is coming up. Um, but it, it's cool to see him making the rounds and, and given opportunities with his presence. Because sometimes people at that level, they, just by being there, they bring attention to what they're working on, you know? Yes. Yes, indeed. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, not too long ago, you know, Ryan, he 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 made a, a conscientious effort to reach out to smaller creators and and support other people. And even as things are no longer popular on social media, he's continued to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want everyone to give Ryan his flowers because he he made a commitment. He had a plan in mind with with maybe smaller creators, people he thought are, are awesome creators, but aren't getting the attention and he's bringing them on his show. He's coming on other people's shows. I think everyone needs to give Ryan his flowers because mm-hmm. he he he's not just an amazing, you know, you know, game and content creator, just just a great overall person, man. You get nothing but good vibes from Ryan. Agreed. Fully agree there. I know my heart sang uh, quite a bit when I saw Lord Cog on there and a few mm-hmm. others. Just it's cool to see. And and that's a bucket list thing for me. And so you got to check off one of those things by getting to be a part of that unlocked family for a week. And uh, it, it's w- when you can celebrate in your friend's success, that's even better. And we need yes. more of that, I think, around the place, you know, definitely, definitely. I, I, I'm really big on wanting others to win. Um, even, even with level one, like I really, like I push my team a lot, you know, it's not really about me, but seeing other people's win and celebrating their wins is something we don't necessarily see a lot in the gaming community. Cause a lot of people, it's, it's almost like a rat race to first place, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be able to celebrate other people's wins, that's, that's just as good as winning sometimes, man. So definitely. Agreed. And uh, one of the things on on XEP is we often talk to a lot of indie developers, right? We're mm-hmm. talking to guys that are making games that they know the game isn't perfect. They know it's going to have flaws, but they're out there doing what they love, you know, putting in their blood, sweat and tears to put something out. And I would extend that same type of love that we're, we're throwing to to McCaffrey Unlocked and to the other creators out there, throwing that to indie games as well. Mm-hmm. Like they and Triple and A, we mentioned Avengers before. Certainly, they deserve some some frustrating words here and there, but by no <laughs> means did that mean that they weren't working hard. And to see where they've come, when you throw positivity flowers, as you say, towards mm-hmm. people in gaming making games, 
others catch on to that and it's infectious. And that's, that's exactly what I want to see keep happening all around, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And, and we kind of talked about this on locked on uh, unlocked on uh, when we talked about uh, EA. Um, we all know the EA isn't, you know, ga- gamers aren't in love with EA, but lately they've been having some really good games under their umbrella come out. And we're talking about no, no microtransactions for, uh, why am I drawing a blank here? Dead space. Dead space. Yeah, yeah. Dead space, right? And so I think like we need to we need to celebrate that. Like, hey, you're making better decisions. So let me let me throw you some flowers. Mm-hmm. And those flowers include my money. So it's gonna make you it's gonna want to make you make more of these decisions. We we have to celebrate the good in gaming, not always beat people down for mistakes they've made in the past, uh, i.e. Microsoft. Mm-hmm. There's still people harboring bad feelings for 2013 as ridiculous as that sounds right mm-hmm. uh you have to celebrate you know how far microsoft has come with xbox and xbox game pass and we we got as, as the gaming community we we got to stop wanting to hate things and people and developers forever for a mistake they made you know companies change just like people mm-hmm. it's like the weather it changes well you know let's let's touch on on that idea and then i want to extend it to ea but first the idea of of harboring that frustration for a company for a long extended period of time. That 2013 Microsoft, Mm -hmm. they charged $500 versus their competition's 400 with technology that people didn't want in a box that was unattractive and perhaps either, I don't know if you would consider it over-engineered or under-engineered, but it was by different leadership. And where's the line, right? Like where's the line to say, all right, this was wrong. This didn't work well. This cost my money or my engagement the games didn't do it for me at what point do you forgive a company at what point do you say no more we've t- we've heard about boycotts with activision and the way they're treating mm-hmm. some of their employees we've seen people just be tired and grow out of uh, other games i'm thinking about call of duty i guess it's an activision joint as well but then i look at ea and they're doing dead space they've got respawn which has yet to make a bad game on the other flip side they got some other things going on that that just are not where we're at how long does a gamer should a gamer should a consumer uh allow a grudge to stand before they decide all right it's time for a second shot to me it really depends on the situation um number one activision that we can we can we can hate activision for as long as we feel right (laughs) i think at this point because what's happening or what's what's being alleged happened over there is gut-wrenching right Mm -hmm. uh when it comes up like microsoft like Toward the end of last gen, um, and it's weird that we're still calling the the current gen next gen for the Series yeah. X, but let's say the end of the life cycle for Xbox One, that mm-hmm. should have been the end of people's complaints with Microsoft because everything that they started off with at the beginning of the gen was completely mm-hmm. gone and completely turned around. You can say um, at the beginning of the gen when they said they had to be always online, they flipped the switch at the very beginning and they, they took that away. They took away the Connect. Um, and then toward the end of the generation, I know it's what the end of the generation, uh, but you you finally saw their commitment to gaming and gaming studios, because even though they were likely working on these deals well prior, mm-hmm. the gamer got to see, oh, snap, they're buying up studios, which means they actually care about their first party output, which was a complaint. You know, the Halo Gears Force thing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're they're putting out. uh they're buying up studios, so their first party output is changing. They have this incredible service called Xbox Game Pass, which is designed for someone 
um, to play a bunch of games at a low entry fee mm-hmm. uh, on top of getting those first party games day uh, day one. Um, so the Microsoft slander should have ended at the toward the end of the Xbox One's life cycle. To be in this in this current generation, the Series X with the Series X and the S, if you're still harboring any type of ill will to Xbox for what happened in 2013, then I think it's time to sit down and talk to your grandmother and say, Grandma, I'm a fanboy and I don't know how to be anything else but a fanboy because I've allowed it to be my personality because that's all it is at this point if you're still bashing you know microsoft because of stuff that happened then you've made your fanboyism your personality and it's embarrassing and you should tell your grandmother that she needs to pray for you because you're a bad person you think maybe the reason that some people can't let go and and exit that ps4 xbox one generation is because of how we're entering this new generation now what is now current gen i mean the majority of what i've played on my ps5 or my xbox series x i mean that's available on ps4 and xbox one it's all Mm -hmm. cross gen right now i think the only exclusive to this gen games that i've played are the falconeer the medium and ratchet and clank and none of them are blowing me into this next generation Everything else has been carryover. They've gotten glow ups from Sea of Thieves to, to mm-hmm. Halo, etc. But like, that's the same stuff. So I think that's probably why people are able to latch onto and stick to these older mindsets. Plus, I mean, it's it's hard to get it's hard to get a now current gen system. I mean, I'm looking at it a is. GamesIndustry.biz article. U.S. gamer spending is up 10 percent to 4.6 billion in July. I mean, fame that we've seen this article a hundred times at this point. Spending mm-hmm. is up. People are buying and playing games. It th- turns out a pandemic keeps people home. They want to play games. Nobody can get their hands on these things. Yeah. And, and uh, when I think the the console that I, I've seen the most in stores is the Xbox Series S. And as great as a little machine that is, people mm-hmm. want the PS5 and Series X, right? Yeah. Um, but like you're saying, a lot of these games... Uh, except for a handful are still on the Xbox one and the PS4. So if you have an Xbox, if I had a time machine, okay, mm-hmm. I would go back and tell myself, Hey, you don't really need that series X right now because I mean, yes, the load times, and all that stuff is great. Quick mm-hmm. resume is amazing. Right. But I will go back and say, Hey, you could spend that 500 bucks on something else. Like, and I love my series X. I, I love them. But if you have a one X or a PS4 pro, you're okay right now. <laughs> like, um, unless you just have to play Ratchet and Clank, you have to play the medium, you have to play Dark Souls, you're okay. Because a lot of these games that are still still yet to release, the Halo Infinites, the Horizon mm-hmm. Forbidden West, the next God of War, mm-hmm. all you need is a PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, and you can still play these games. Now, I do think that Microsoft, for all the heat they got for crossplay, they will be the company that goes this current gen only before Sony. Cause I, I really believe that Halo Infinite may be it. Mm-hmm. Um Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5. I keep forgetting the, the greatest racer, racing franchise of all time is coming out pretty soon. I think we take that for granted on how good Forza is, right? I, I was gonna uh, say that. I was gonna say it. like <laughs> it, the problem is horizons three and four are so god tier in racing that we just mm-hmm. expect this one to be and it's not special. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. It, it, it's, it's like, 
you know, when you, Michael Jordan, right? Like you expect for every game to be greatness. So mm-hmm. Like you kind of go into it like, and he, and if he has a regular game, you're like, what? Like yeah. what's like, yeah, you need God to drop 30. just be good, not great, you know? <laughs> yes. And, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's the problem I think Forza may run into uh, is that they, I, how do you improve perfection? Mm-hmm. Like you're the best already. Like at some point, do you, like you getting points removed from your Metacritic score because there isn't a bigger leap. Like how, how much good can you get? But to go back to my first point, I, I really think that um, if you're, if you're, if you have that Xbox one X or PS4, you're sitting pretty good. And that's where, again, a lot of the same narrative from last gen will continue because most people, unfortunately, because of the way scalping is and the, the chips they need to make these consoles aren't, uh, on the next gen, they're still on last gen, so they're maybe still harboring those last gen feelings. Which again, you know, ha- have you have your eighty five year old grandmother pray for you because mm. you you're in a tough time right now. <laughs> you sure enough are. I will say, if you are still rocking that PS4 Pro, that Xbox One X right now, whatever you do, do not do not pick up a PS5 or or Series X at your friend's house. Because the moment you put hands on it and see those low times, you're changed. Go back. It's the, it's the same as seeing an OLED screen. Don't do it unless you're ready to spend the money. Because it changes, it changes, and nobody nobody uh, can show it to you. You got to see it for yourself. It's like that first smartphone. You know, everyone was fine with their flip phone texting and sideways and and whatnot. But the moment you got a smartphone, everything changed. That's how these new displays are. That's how these new load times are. And it sounds pretentious until you do it. And then you're like, all right, I get it. I get it. Okay. That's a hundred percent. My, my one X, um, I had two of them. I, I sold one. The other one kind of just sits there and I'm like, yeah, I'll never, I'll never operate you again. Mm-hmm. Rest mm-hmm. in power, sweet Prince. Cause That's it's right. over. I can't go back again. Like I said, if I had a time, I'm going to go back to myself. Not, not necessarily. You don't need to be in next gen, but once you're in current gen, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no going back. You're a hundred percent right on that. Yep. True that. True that. Well, David, I mentioned gaming going up in terms of spending. Gamers are all in on this. I am curious to see that as, as so many companies are making money, uh, I'm I'm really curious to know if any of these kind of social movement boycotts towards certain games are going to have an impact. And my suspicion is that no. Uh, I'm thinking about Activision right now because Diablo just came out. And people are spending money there that said they wouldn't. And that's an, a fascinating thing to watch. And people have their reasons one way or the other. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm standing on that. But EA is one that we mentioned a few minutes ago. They've got Dead Space in the works. They've got Respawn under their umbrella. Uh, and Respawn yet to make a bad game. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to see what they do with uh the new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, whenever that starts to happen. I'm hoping we see something about that at the Game Awards. Doubt we'll see it at Gamescom. But uh, they right now have a closed beta that's NDA locked, and I've not I've not played. I've only heard things about mm-hmm. Battlefield. Are you before we before we talk about it? Have you played the Battlefield beta? Uh, I haven't. Uh, okay, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about that that technical the technical preview for yeah, Battlefield that that you could tell a lot of people who are just straight up gamers or aren't in the 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 journalist space or the mm-hmm. YouTube space because they they don't. Uh, respect NDAs because mm-hmm. man, I'm seeing people talk about stuff left and right, and I'm like, you don't realize that you signed the NDA. You, like, you do you not that form, care? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
when I got the email to 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 do it, I was like, nah. I was like, I'm okay. Uh, I don't feel like I need to. Like, if I'm under NDA, because I'm under a couple of NDAs for games that I'm currently sure. working on review, mm-hmm. I respect the NDA. And I'll do NDA if it's for a review, not for a technical alpha. Like, right. I think that's unnecessary. Like, just like the uh, Halo Infinite uh, mm-hmm. technical thing, there was no NDA. You can stream it. You can play it. I don't understand the 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 play behind this uh, battlefield. I, do. I think oh. I do. I think oh. I do. Let, let, let us hear it. You want me? Oh, okay, I cut you off. I just I just want no, to jump oh, in. Let us hear it, baby. All right. So everything I'm hearing about that from the people that are breaking their NDAs, which is a shame, by the way. Don't mm-hmm. like that. Um, if you're locking a technical preview that you're rolling out to your biggest fans, that to me is a warning sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, convert. You know, in in the the flip side, you're seeing Halo open up to everybody with that extra year of development. I might add. Um, everything I'm hearing is bad. There's nothing I'm hearing that's positive about it. And I'm not trying to dunk on it because we've not seen open stuff. This is all hearsay at this point. I have not played it, have not. I didn't sign a piece of paper on it, and I, and I would not break anything. But everything seems to be broken, janky, and a mess. And that worries me uh, for EA and for Battlefield because this game needs to shine. There's a lot of pressure on it. It's not Halo Infinite pressure, but... Every battlefield seems to launch in a broken state. EA is launching a $70 game with no campaign, which is not the big, I don't, to me, that's not the worst thing in the world. However, that's going to be the narrative. That's going to be on the headlines of every single, you know, major publication. And so they have to take that into account. And if everything is negative about this launch in a fall where Halo Infinite is launching, where possibly call of duty is launching and they still have to compete with mainstays like Fortnite, call of duty Warzone, and destiny i i worry for battlefield because this is its chance to make a big comeback and things are not looking good which worries me and i'm right there with you at one point i was concerned for halo releasing around battle battlefield and then a couple of things came to mind number one i've heard the same things you heard about the battlefield technical mm-hmm. like it's, it's pretty bad um, so now I'm more concerned about that because number one, uh, I think Halo is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, plus the multiplayer is free to play huge, right? That's going to be able to compete in the Fortnite mm-hmm. call of duty space. Um, I do not believe gamers when they say they, they won't buy the next COD because of the activism, but thing. And I, I have an article that's getting ready to release soon talking about this because I don't believe gamers when they say I'm boycotting this company. Cause we spoke on it earlier with Diablo two. uh, sales you know mm-hmm. people are going out and buying it people are playing it I, I don't believe gamers when they're i believe they're upset with what happened but i don't believe they're going to boycott a game that they buy every year religiously right that's not going right. to happen mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm i'm worried about this because i'm hearing some of the same things you're hearing and at one point me thinking halo infinite will get buried i'm thinking if things don't turn around because uh, i mean there's room for every for every game at any point right one one good game won't take away from another good game. I, in my opinion, I think gaming is so big at this point, and with crossplay, uh, cross gen stuff, you know, that's that's room for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's like the YouTube space, right? That's room for everyone. It's, right. it's big enough, right? Agreed. Uh, but I'm worried, um, and this is someone I went and I pre and I don't pre order a lot of games, but I'm a physical junkie. Oh no, are you really? I'm a I'm a physical. I, I'm a physical junkie. I need the physical copy of games. I don't know I, what it is. I need you I need to go it. sit with your grandma. And I need you to talk to grandma. <laughs> this, I'm an old man with that. But here, the only reason I did it, 
for this game in particular is because I know people are going to say, what are you doing at GameStop? Right. But let's, I am a, I am a fan of GameStop, by the way, because it's the last relic of a, this is a, besides mom and pop stores, this is the last store that you can go to that's only about video games. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to go away. But if you pre ordered Battlefield, you got the steel book case for free. Couldn't pass that up. I need the steel book case. I love steel book cases. We all love steel book cases. And it's mm-hmm. pretty nice, right? That's true. Um and so I'm I'm going to show the money out and I'm hoping as we get closer we hear better things. But it doesn't sound good right now. But again, that's what these technical things are for. You know, when there's a beta, when the beta releases, that's gonna give us a more of a, a, a true realization of what the game is and how it plays when it gets to the beta uh, but i'm a bit worried right now I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i'm a bit worried but we'll, we'll see what happens mm, man I, so i'm i get i i felt those feelings as you talked about gamestop as you talked about physical <laughs> uh as a former employee i felt some feelings there um I do miss that vibe that GameStop used to give. I don't see it anymore. I don't feel it anymore. But you know, yeah, it's I I, I do get it. And real talk, I, with physical, I don't even know where to put the stuff. That's why I can't do it. <laughs> like, where am I gonna put it? Where am I gonna put it? I'm constantly like creating shelves and stuff like that. It's just I don't know, man. It's digital is is the way. It is the way. It's the way of the future. But it's just something about walking over to my collection, just looking at it and saying, yeah. Like that's nice. Like I still got 360 games and all type of stuff. That's just they're just nice to look at. And I don't I don't know if it's the the mid 30s. And well, you, you we're around the same age, and you're mm-hmm. all. I'm assuming you're all digital now. Yeah. 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 Uh, see, I can't do it. Now, I'll buy digital if it's on like if it's a digital sale. Or yeah. and of course Game Pass, right? It's yeah. all digital, so I'm all all of that. But I love to be able to walk in a GameStop because you can walk into Walmart, Best Buy, Amazon, and you have to go to the gaming section. Absolutely. The moment the moment I walk in GameStop, I'm the store is the gaming section, right? I so get it. Mm-hmm. that's why I'll always love it. I'll never hate them. If you don't like their used game policies, then don't buy used games, right? They still sell new games, right? Uh, but that's the one store you can walk in, and everything in there is gaming related. And I don't want that to go away. Like I do not want that to go away because once it does. Not gotta walk always to the back of the game. Where's your video games at? What have they go into? Who wants to? Who really wants to be in Walmart? Like you go, you like you don't want to say, yeah, I want to go to Walmart. So like no one wants to be in Walmart, right? Uh, <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with the pandemic either. It's just like uh. yeah, nothing to do with the pandemic. You just no one actually wants to see the chick with the peanut M and M shorts on. It looks like she has actual peanut M and Ms and no shorts. Like no one actually. Wants wants to see this um so i want to be able to walk in the game stop and i'm just surrounded by games i'm surrounded by gamers because i've had some of the best conversations in GameStop, even with the people who work there from people who are shopping and when it goes away because it will because it's a relic at this point i am going to be a sad little thing i will reminisce fondly of the good times i don't think i would miss it in in a a substantial (laughs) way but i do hear what you are saying it is not lost on me it's not lost on me yeah we there we connect round me back to battlefield though i am of the mind that this bad boy is getting delayed i'm of the mind that this is getting delayed now there's a lot of fiscal stuff involved here but i will say a franchise that's trying to make its comeback that's struggling with a price point that has uh investors to please I think more and more 
investors are beginning to realize the damage that a bad launch can have to a brand. Uh, I think Halo looks to be reminding us that you can do it right if you do a delay and you sink mm-hmm. some more money in and then then come back out. Uh, I think Cyberpunk taught us some things. I think there are a few other games in, in years previous that have taught us that a delay can, might be worth it. And everything I'm hearing seeing tells me that the battlefield's going to delay. And you have a built-in excuse in, in a pandemic uh, development cycle. Can I, I cannot think of a more perfect time for Battlefield to come out than February. You know, everyone's been on their Halo Infinite high, which all signs point to, and I recognize the Xbox bias here, um, but, but forgive me for it. I really think Halo is going to do quite well mm-hmm. across a couple platforms and ac- across a, p- a couple mediums, and people are going to understand and recognize Halo once again in a way that they haven't for decades at this point. But why not, as that hype begins to die down, drop a battlefield into February and give them a new lease on life. And you need not compete for holiday dollars and time with call of duty or anything else. Uh, and you give your devs time to clean up and, and make amends. Cause what two months out from launch right now, we're hearing rough things about a technical preview. That's worrisome. Why not give the time? What are your thoughts on that one? And you know, you make great points. I, my concern is suits game developers can tell suits all day. Hey, it's not ready. Mm-hmm. And suits will say, "Make it ready. Mm-hmm. It needs to be ready because you brought up the holiday dollars." And and it's and it's it's so weird for me to hear a Call of Duty or a Battlefield, or even a Halo for that matter, not releasing before Christmas sure. because you want that Christmas money. And I'm the biggest fear is that it's going to be buggy. It's going to be a mess, and someone in a suit is going to say, "Hey, we need to imp- we need to you know make our our." investors happy they need to see a return of their investment immediately release mm-hmm. it and prepare the day one patch like That's i just right. i just you know i just feel like they're gonna they're gonna release it as is and then they'll do constant updates and again a lot of times gamers do not speak with their wallet and they're gonna release a game that isn't ready and gamers are going to still buy it and then they'll fix it um later on i do feel like february would be a great time uh, for the release but in my opinion i i love more of a horizon forbidden west in february march i think that's a great time for first party games right you're out of the holiday multiplayer madness right i think single player games could, would would thrive we don't see it a lot uh but i think single player games thrive more would thrive more in that space um but i agree with you a delay should happen if there's issues uh halo the reception around Halo is it's a 180 compared to okay. last year. Like yeah. I haven't heard a single negative thing about Halo since since the multiplayer uh test, right? Nothing but great things. Mm-hmm. Um so I do think delays are okay. And again, you have a built-in excuse. You have a built-in excuse. No right. one can be upset about the excuse you give, right? Mm-mm. Um work from home, I, moving <clears throat> builds around in massive exactly. file sizes. Uh, stress crunch mental health all of those things uh, are being forgiven in the gaming space Mm -hmm. you know nine people nine times out of ten people are going to be receptive to that and think about all the great games in the last five years that you have played god of war delayed last of us two delayed delayed um shoot and now i'm blanking but like all the great games that we've played have been delayed even one of my favorite games arkham knight was delayed multiple times uh halo infinite delayed by a year 
and that rough, rough showing, mm. which I liked because I love Halo, but like it, only I would like that, right? Only the fans <laughs> were going to like only that. Only the, the hardcore would, That's right. would be okay with what was shown last year. And you can't sell Halo to just the hardcore because it's going to nope. die. And you got to sell it to everybody else. And that that distance, that year time spent has brought more people and excitement around. And I, my hope is that I want every big game to land on its feet and developers to be given the time to do it. That built-in excuse, it makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense. People are forgiven for delaying those things. Yep, 100%. Uh, of course, like you said, we're not the ones funding. We're not the ones wearing the suits. And uh, nine times out of ten, those suits aren't playing the game, so they don't care either. And the so. suits will the suits will always win. <sighs> they will. They, they, they will. will. They will always win over the developer. As a developer um, or someone in that space, you want to keep your job. And so, if a suit says release it, and even if you don't want to, if it goes against everything you feel, you have a job to do. You have a boss. When a boss says do something, you're going to do it. Um, so, I mean, look at you know, Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Those suits. I mean, we we've heard that we heard it was because of the suits, right? They, it, mm-hmm. It's it's out there. Um, so that that can definitely ruin a game. Yeah, it sure can. And how many games have launched too early and it took time to recover? Sea of Thieves, State of Decay, No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. Forgot. I mean, Avengers, which my, my listeners are probably like, Luke, calm down. You've got a problem. <laughs> and I'm saying like, yo, play that OLT, y'all. The game's good. War for Wakanda. He's back. T'Challa. Chris Judge is the voice. Let's do this. Um, Dude, um, when I get back in, we, we got to make sure we link up because it's been it's been a little bit. Um, but most of my characters are, are still powered up. It's been a little bit since I played, but I definitely want to love link up with you because I don't know, I don't have any more friends that still <laughs> just still play the game. I think we all kind of walked away from it at the same time, but I'm excited to come back because I mean, come on, Chris Judge, mm-hmm. Wolf of Wakanda, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, and, and I've seen that pounce ability. That ah, oh, I'm I'm so excited. It's I'm it's so weird. Excited. So real talk, I have bumped into some some background info. Uh, about it and we know spider-man's coming to the playstation side mm-hmm. we also there's another hero coming uh that I've, I've had the privy to talk to somebody about um for later on this year if, if mm-hmm. timelines allow uh the game's going in the right direction and making bank now and i would not have seen that happening i did yeah. not expect i thought that game was going to be wakanda and done um, <laughs> they're making a lot of money now which is surprising and the player count's slowly rising slowly mm-hmm. but um those mcu skins man I feel like oh, I'm funding yeah. that. You know what, everybody? You are welcome. I took care of that Wakanda expansion. I single-handedly funded that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you know what the games need? They need to flip the crossplay switch. Oh, you know. Okay, so there's one of the things I bumped into. Sony's in the way of that, um, which is is fascinating to Who's me shocked? because no one's not shocked. Me. No one's <laughs> shocked. Um, and I do not want to spend time dunking on Sony. I cannot stand yeah. when you have spe- console-specific shows that spend time dunking on the competition. Yeah, 100%. Um, when you're in first place, you're afforded certain liberties, and one of them is controlling what you do. And when, as long as Sony's up top making banks, selling the, the AAA wins, and, and selling the most units, they get to kind of dictate. They also own Spider-Man, a powerful IP. And so... Yeah, they're standing in the way. I know that uh, Square Enix is trying to play nice with Sony, which is interesting. If you look at Square Enix's track record of late, they are doing a lot of Sony-specific things. A lot. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Crystal Dynamics, a bit at odds on that front, right? They're the ones making 
they're making Avengers. They're making uh, Avengers for sure. But it's Square that's publishing and Square wants to make nice with Sony. And it's, it's just neat to see the layers, I guess is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to look at the layers and the monies that are coming. But Yuri Lowenthal is voicing Spider-Man and they've got another hero on the way for this year that'll be uh, available for Xbox players as well. I think fans will like her and it's going to be pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Let's. I want to get into a few other things. We've got some dope questions, by the way. Listeners wrote in with their what-if questions, kind of thematic with the Ooh. show. Some what-if scenarios for Xbox, which is really cool. Um, but I will say, in this past week, David, I don't know if you caught it, and I will openly say I did not catch it. There was an ID at Xbox showcase. Did you watch it before I go into my spiel? That thing happened, and someone had to tell me it happened. <laughs> And I am a just just like your show here. I am big with with indie developers. I love mm-hmm. indie developers. I just released a review for Greek Memories of Azure, a developer that I met back in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. So, I met them at PAX and we formed a really good relationship. I interviewed them, and I I, I love indie developers, right? And right. I was ashamed yep. to myself that I didn't know this happened. And then when I found out it happened. I was like, do I, am I going to sit here through a non-live <laughs> three-hour event? Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do it. So luckily, someone inside the um, the the chat like did timestamp. So I was able to go in and look at particular games that I was excited to, to see more of. So I didn't watch the whole thing, mm-hmm. and I don't know how it went under the radar, but it did. Well, so that's kind of going to be the more the more poignant element of this conversation because I did not. I'm an Xbox content creator, right? Mm-hmm. I did not know about this until like the day prior, due to a press release. That honest to goodness, that email could not have been more stoic. It was like, <laughs> "Hey, we're doing this thing," and ev- I was at work, so it wouldn't. I wouldn't have been able to watch it anyway. That said. All of the reception, all of my timelines that have been filled with tremendous positivity of late for a lot of the things that Xbox has been doing, particularly related to messaging, it could not have been more down on the format and the way that the content was delivered. And that frustrated me because my understanding, first of all, ID at Xbox is an incredible program. This is this is everything I've heard from the many developers I've tried to talk to. They all seem fairly enamored with ID at Xbox. Mm-hmm. As a gamer and content creator, I'm not a fan of the ID at Xbox label because it's difficult for the 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 disinterested consumer to know what we're talking about. Uh, ID at Xbox doesn't really like you don't know what that is unless you're tuned in. Exactly. And these showcases that they're doing very much frustrate me because we have so many wonderfully capable people in the content creation space and in the production space that there's no excuse to have bad interviewers or bad production in a showcase like this. People that are ill-prepared to ask the right questions relevant to a game, that frustrates me a bit. And when you have people who are unfamiliar with the interview formats or uh, probably more likely, they don't prepare the developers with some of the basic questions they're going to face, kind of that minimal PR training that some Mm -hmm. of these brilliant people who are making our games should should, and, and deserve the chance to have. It makes for a disjointed showcase. And when it's stretched out, badly marketed, and difficult to find, it wasn't on certain channels. It should it should be available on every single Xbox platform. Exactly. There should be, I should be twitch.tv slash Xbox, twitch.tv slash ID at Xbox, YouTube, whatever it is, every single platform, it should be there. And it was difficult to find. And when people got there, 
it was difficult to know what game was being talked about. People weren't prepared for questions. There wasn't a producer in the ear of someone saying, all right, you're up for this next question. Don't forget to ask them about this. And that led to, to channels not being used or the ones with lower follower counts. And it really bummed me out because who suffers at the end of the day the developers making these games that we are so fond of. And that was, that is my, I suppose it is a rant, but I hope it was one of logic and, and, you know, relevancy, but that was my frustration, David. Am I, am I, am I too far off the ledge on this? No, one? you're hundred percent. I, I didn't understand. Cause I, I want to say when I first found it, it was like under, I, I went to the idea. I went to the Xbox channel, ID at Xbox. And uh, I'm like, where is the stream? I had to go to GameSpot to find it. I'm like, I should be able to type in Xbox ID at Xbox showcase live stream. And the very first thing should pop up should be the Xbox channel. Right. And right. that wasn't the case. Uh, it was poorly uh, marketed in a lot of way. I did not like the format. I don't like the format. I, I just feel like you got two Twitch streamers up there. Um, I, I just don't like it. I, I would, I would prefer this type of thing to be more of a state of play, um, but which is like trailer trailer, Maybe talk about this game and try to hit us with the games, right? I mm-hmm. think a lot of it is fluff. Like, there's no reason why this stream should be three hours long. No. I mean, we're, we're looking at uh, maybe 20 games or so mm-hmm. that was shown, maybe 22 games that was shown. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be three hours long. That's, that's or I guess more of you could say two hours. A lot of the first hours is, is just talking. But I did not like the format. I, I was happy to see Sarah Bond. Sarah yes, Bond popped up. I, I, that I said it on Twitter. She's my ultimate interview. If yes. I could interview Sarah Bond, Same. I would be happy. I, I think I'm gonna start a campaign um, <laughs> where I could interview Sarah Bond. But uh, she was great to see. I just I I I, I didn't really enjoy it. Um, so I, like I said, I was able to pick through and see certain games like Origami Two. I wanted to see more of that. The Artful Escape, of course, uh, Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to see, you know, see more of that. Um, but I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't like how it was presented. I didn't like how it was marketed. Again, I'm with you. I don't, I think the ID at Xbox thing, I think they need to rebrand it or rename it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think what hurt, because even even the GameSpot stream, 67,000 views, right? For, That's low what, for, for an what Xbox should service. be a big deal, right? Right, right. Exactly. Because a lot of people, Imagine we're in the in, in this community, in the in this industry, and we barely knew about it. Imagine right. a casual gamer. Yeah. It, it, they no, they don't even know what they wouldn't know even to look it up. And it's it's doubly frustrating because I think about some of the great presentations we've had. Uh the the E3 showcase, the Xbox showcase, followed by the extended showcase with Paris Lily that's how you do it, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. if you want, oh wait, it's controlled, it's well-produced. Um, if you want to have interviews, um, even if they're not in person, like that of course was it was a very expensive thing to get people out there in chairs. But if you're going to have it digital, pre-produce it, that live format just doesn't match quality to, to properly showcase these games. Because when you cut those things out into YouTube trailers, uh, which is an even smaller, more segmented audience, it looks disjointed. And, mm-hmm. and that bums me out. And again, uh, when I talk to so many indie developers, one of the things that's frustrating as an interviewer, frustrating is not the right word. One of the things that I note as an interviewer is that some of them haven't been run through just basic questions that they should should be ready to answer. And 
when I used to work in sports, they would take all the athletes and they would give them an hour or so PR training, just, hey, when somebody asks you this, give this type of answer, be ready for this question regularly. Like like asking a developer about, you know, what is your game about? They That shouldn't be a five-minute answer. You need to have an elevator pitch ready. And that's tough to do, but if you prep the, the developers ahead of time, then they suddenly look more prepared and you're more likely to tune in about their game. Mm-hmm. And And I just wish that we would... We, I say we, I, I would like to see that happen a bit more often so that everyone can best show the greatness that is their work. Because, I mean, it's a, it's a freak of nature feat that games get made, pandemic or otherwise, that we have yep. all this joy to play. I mean, I, I want that to be celebrated by people. Definitely. You know? Definitely 100%. And there's, I mean, some of the best games you can play isn't, you won't stay on a commercial you won't see it in, right. in a YouTube, you know, advertisement. And so when you get a chance to highlight these type of games and highlight these developers, mm-hmm. I, I think we owe it. Not I, I, again, like you had to say, we, um, <laughs> yeah, I, we I, feel invested. That's why. Yes. That's why it happens. Yes. A hundred percent. So I'm going to stick with it. Like we, we owe it to them to be able to put their game in a better space because the, the end of the indie developer today is a triple A developer of tomorrow. That's right. That's right. And and again, what we are criticizing is the format of distribution, not the program. ID at Xbox yes. is incredible as a program. And I want to mm-hmm. really double down on that one. And one of the things that, that has helped that, and I'll transition this topic into Xbox Game Pass, is that so many indies are showing up on Xbox Game Pass and getting their time of day, uh, which is just, just great to see. I mean, Art of Rally just came out, which people are loving. Boyfriend Dungeon kind of kind of surprise dropped into Game Pass. And while that's mm-hmm. not my kind of game, a lot of people took to that. And the developer even tweeted out that they just their sales expectations were blown away. And that's with the game being available in Game Pass. Yet again, a reminder that that program is good for sales and optics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing Hades right now. That's a little gem. I'm going to just drop this on you, Dave. I don't know if you've heard about this game called Hades. If you've not, hmm. it's a little hidden gem. Uh, Very hidden. It's so hidden. Uh, Probably 60 on Metacritic. Probably a 60 on Metacritic. And that, of course, Metacritic, <laughs> it rules all. Man, Hades is good. Man, Hades is good. I get the hype, and I'm glad it's in every place. It's It was on Switch, but now it's on Game Pass for Xbox. It's available on PlayStation now. What a great game, dude. God, it's so good. I have it downloaded. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to bang my head against the wall just yet, um, <laughs> but I do have it downloaded, and I'm... I had it back. Actually, preloaded it, pre-downloaded it when I got the chance. I was excited about playing it. So once I can get through more of Remnant, then I'll switch over to Hades because it definitely, from what everything I'm hearing, it's one of those must-play experiences. It is a must-play experience, and that's coming off of my hype and excitement for Death's Door, which I adored, loved mm-hmm. Death's Door. Um, this game, Hades, is a special game, deserving of all the the hype around it. I've popped it in this morning so that I could talk about it on this show. Cause this weekend, I mean, I've been playing a lot of stuff. I've checked out the back for blood beta myself went firsthand. Cause I, I spoke with hearsay in last week's episode. So I wanted to go in firsthand playing a few other titles that are, that are set to come out. And I was really pleased with Hades immediately. And it felt rewarding. And I didn't feel like even on those, those roguelite runs can turn people away. Oh yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a great game, but you know, the, the game pass great for Indies, a lot of good stuff coming to it. Uh, so many games just dropping in there. The ascent wasn't for me. Indie game. People are loving it. That's awesome. Uh, it, it's just, it's a special thing. And I just wanted to take note and just see that like, you got 12 minutes on the way. Psychonauts two on Ooh. the way. 
Yes. Ooh, what a good time for Game Pass, man. Indeed. That, that, that 12 minutes is, it's not going to be for a lot of people, but it's definitely for me. I can't wait to experience that game. I interviewed the dev back in 2020. This is a fun, this is a funny story about people getting big interviewed him in 2020 and he was clearly ecstatic to be interviewed right he was like oh my gosh people are talking about (laughs) now and now his schedule is packed i could not make it work i could not make it work i was like i got this interview this i could not make it happen for a while and in in as frustrating as it was to not be able to get him back on the show how have i was so happy for him like you kidding me everybody's realizing how hard you work that's so cool Right, that, that is, and it's crazy how those things works because we recently interviewed uh, Noveen Crumbay, which is she's Layla Ellison and um, the upcoming. Oh, why am I drawing a blank? Oh my god! I'm a, vampire I'm a game, vampire game that was shown Masquerade? at the last. Masquerade. Oh, why am I? Redfall. Redfall. Oh my god! This Redfall. is embarrassing. Redfall. Gotcha. Right. Yeah, 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 I got you. So gotcha. we we I found out who was forcing Layla because I instantly fell in love with that character. Uh, hashtag Bela. And uh, Baron, who's our communications director, he was like, um, "Hey, I, I found out who's voice acting. We hit her up, and she, we, when we spoke to her, she said, not not even a couple of minutes after that trailer released, like her emails and everything just blew up. And luckily, we we're the first ones to contact her. But it's just crazy how those things happen. Like people, you know, going about the day, and just all of a sudden, what you're making or what you're doing gets popular." And your schedule becomes uh, a thing that you can't control because there's just so many people wanting to speak with you. I had to look up Layla while you were talking. That girl is a queen in that trailer. Bro, I know yes, exactly. everything, mm-hmm. every the hair, the nails, the skin, absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. So mm-hmm. to be able to speak with you know, Noveen Crombie, who's voice actor, and she's also the uh, the voice of E Network. She's the global voice of E Network. Oh, that's dope. Um, yeah, right, and. Um, she even you know she was just uh admiring her own character she's voicing because that that is everything you know at least black people wanted to see in a character from from a hairstyle from skin mm-hmm. to its own walk perfect absolutely i i could not agree more that i mean mm. yep oh, look at me look at me getting off hello hello and that's coming off of hades equally uh <clears throat> intoxicating Oh man, uh, I'm gonna put aside this Valve Deck topic for for until next week. Bottom line, Phil Spencer's playing uh, playing with the the Steam Deck, and that's and he's enjoying it. We'll call it that. Gamescom is coming up. Uh, I have questions about Gamescom, but I'm gonna wait for a little bit more uh, info to come out. But officially, Gamescom is from the August 25th through to the 28th. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to know how this goes down and if we get any big announcements from it. I cannot imagine we do because usually Gamescom is for updates to yes. stuff we already know. Uh, who knows what we'll get, but EA, Ubisoft, Bandai Namco, Sega 505 uh, are all kind of on the docket to be showing up at opening night live there. Is there anything that you are, are spidey sensing as far as Gamescom or you just got to wait and see? Where are you at on this one? You know, I'm at a wait and see, but here's the exciting part, right? If we're getting updates on games we already know about, the dope thing is there are so many games on Xbox that we know about that we haven't seen much or anything over. So I'm not saying this is going to happen, but, you know, we could potentially get an update on Hellblade, Hellblade, Fable. Like, 
they're not announcing new games, but Xbox has so many games that are announced that we're just waiting on updates for. That's the beauty of it. So I I don't want to set my expectations too high, but the best thing about Xbox is they have so many freaking studios and so many games that just need updates. Like at this point, we don't even need any more new game announcements for the rest of the year because they have so many games that are coming that we know hardly anything about. And I'm a big stan of Senua. I love Hellblade. Okay, wait for Hellblade 2. Mm-hmm. You give me anything. I don't care if it's another trailer. You give me anything and I want to scream to the rooftops because I'm excited for it. Um, I would, I wish we were here that was XO happening this year, but I'm almost certain that that's, that's not happening now. Yeah. Um, so I will settle. I say settle, settle for Gamescom. Um, let, let's see what these updates are. I really hope we get some some updates on some of the bigger titles again, the Hellblades, the the Fables, and, and Contraband. Uh, so many more games that they have announced that we've seen almost nothing of. It'd be exciting to get updates on those. True. I think you're pie in the sky a little bit on the on some of those though. Oh yeah, I think a few <laughs> of those are pie in the sky. I think, and I think Hellblade's a that's Game Awards, man. If I had to guess, that's where they debuted it. It's it's a good fit there. Um, but I think as the, the Delta variant begins to kind of truly set back in people's minds, because I think people perhaps underestimated it, that's going to impact the gaming industry. And I'm wondering if that will mean certain trailers or certain things that were optimistically in a show are going to mm-hmm. get pulled. And I'm, I'm, those are the things that we see about in a, in a, a Schreier book four or five years from now. But I'm yeah. betting you there's some things on the docket right now that won't be there come come showcase whenever that is oh i i definitely agree 100 percent. yo let's get into some of these questions so many of these amazing listeners wrote in some questions here they they did the what if theme for this week what if uh such and such game happens doesn't happen that kind of thing i loved it uh i want to give a shout out also before we do questions this is episode 95 that we're recording right now david this is episode 95 of xcp uh we are five away from 100 which i'm ecstatic for and i don't know if you do this or or don't do this i should say i often forget to give thanks to the people that take the time to write those itunes reviews because they make a difference uh Mm. so i wanted to to read a few from 2020 back in the day when this game when this show was young uh, and offer my thanks one of these coming from todd oxter way back in march of 2020 uh, he said, Luke delivers a fantastic info-driven podcast to the world of Xbox. You won't find fanboy bias on this show, but it's all about measured consideration in the bigger picture, what's best for the player in the industry. His interviews are entertaining and insightful. That was back in March of 2020. Todd, thank you, because nice. that show the show was young there, and I appreciate you reading that one. Uh, I want to read one more. This one from my boy, Lord Cognito. This was back in July of 2020. Uh, he said, it's that good. One of the best combinations of analytical and informative Xbox-centric news platforms with great production values. <laughs> now I know Lord's, Lord's bugging on that one. <laughs> he said, Lord Luke brings fantastic perspective to industry topics and highlights a bit of, and is one of the unsung heroes of the industry. The expansion pass you won't be re- regret in partaking with. Thank you, Lord Cog. I'm going to try and read a few of these every episode right now leading up to 100 because they're, they're a feel-good vibe, and I'm trying to celebrate 100. That's a, that's a, you, you, I don't know about you, David. I, I sometimes struggle to, in a show that I run, give props to myself, if that makes sense. Hey, I, I get it, man. It's, it's, sometimes you have to take a step back and realize, like, man, I, I'm, I'm really doing something. And that's hard to do when you're always moving forward. It's hard to take a step back and look at what you've done yeah. because you're always looking at things that you want to do. So I definitely get that. Yeah, 
Ooh, it's 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 tough. It's tough. But I'm I'm working on that. I'm working on it. All right, let's do some of these questions. This first one, David, comes from my man Aman, and he says, "What if Xbox didn't acquire Bethesda? How different would this generation have been, or will be?" Ooh, indeed. You know what? Um, if you don't mind me jumping in on this, this is you, man. Go for it. If Xbox had not acquired Bethesda, it, things would it would be a massive shift because someone was going to buy Bethesda. Mm-hmm. I'd heard sprinklers that even Sony were attempting to buy Bethesda. Ooh. So if Xbox had not done it, and and I know they were the perfect partner because they have a long standing relationship with Zenimax, someone else would have bought them, and Lord forbid it would have been Tencent. <laughs> I would have much rather what they be Sony than Tencent, right? So. Yeah, if what if some Xbox didn't pull the trigger, somebody else was going to because that from what I was hearing, that thing was it was it was imminent and it was bound to happen. Yeah, I I think I will t- everything you're saying. I te- I agree with, uh, and I would also note that a lot of the good vibes and positivity surrounding Xbox right now, you would not have it. I don't think it would be there, Amon. Um, I think really and truly. There was uh, initial trepidation when you saw the paperwork about Xbox and Bethesda. But once those showcases where they were working together started rolling out and you saw the love between them on socials and then you saw the game trailers kind of being together and you saw the way they were going to handle each other, that positivity is surrounding Microsoft. Right now, Xbox is on a strong upswing, right? Understandably so, because when you're that low uh, in 2013, you only got to go up. And Mm -hmm. they've been on a steady rise since I would say 2015 with that backward compatibility announcement and the new hardware, then Game Pass, then services, and then Series SX. It would not be where it is right now. Right now, there's a lot of optimism around the brand. I think people would be pointing out the fact that 2021's releases include Halo and Forza, and that's all they ever have. Versus Mm -hmm. Halo and Forza look great, and look at what's on the horizon. So that's where I would stand on that one. For sure, it's it's a vibe thing. It's a feeling. It's it's a yep. it's a a momentum shift. So that's a great question. I love it. I it love is. it. That's it a good is. what if. This next what if question comes from Adam Leonard uh, of the Mega Dads. And Adam, by the way, he's got some bad opinions out there. This man doesn't like Rogue One. <laughs> he doesn't like Rogue One, which is shocking to me. He's always dunking on my Snyderverse, as if we can't have Snyderverse. Superman and another Superman. It's crazy talk, you know, like, let me live my life, Adam. Mm-hmm. He says, what if Xbox went in on VR? What would you want to see translated to the format and would it succeed? David, I'm going to go first on this one to, to start off because I had mm-hmm. time to think about it. If Xbox went in on VR, they would go in uh, kind of half-assed on it. And I don't mean that as a slight, but I mean that they wouldn't be making their own hardware. They would not be making the hardware the way that PSVR does. Instead, you would see uh, discussions and partnerships with Valve, if I had to guess. And you might still see that. That's not even a what-if thing. I think you might actually see that at some point down the road. But you would see partnerships to get Valve technology working comfortably with an Xbox Series X. I don't know that it would work with an S. I don't know enough about tech to know if it would work well there. But then you would see a dedicated set of studios to make VR games. 
to try and help the software succeed. So you would probably see VR offshoots of games like Gears, VR offshoots of games like Halo experiences, the way that Sony had done at first, um, but evolved and with lessons learned. That's my take on this boy. And I don't know if it would succeed because I don't know that VR is going to succeed in its in its in this generation, perhaps next. It's a matter of costs. David, where are you falling on this one? You know, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I don't see Microsoft creating their own hardware for it. I can see it being in partnership with someone else. I also don't see it being on console. I can see them doing something with PC, with, with the Windows store, possibly. I just feel like as far as where Xbox is, uh, as far as on the console goes, I think if they were to make a hit a VR, we're still looking at another console generation before that happens. I, I don't. I believe Phil when he says VR isn't where you know it should be at this point because it's not. I have a PSVR and I it's been collecting dust for a while. And I, I, I when I first bought it, it was amazing, and I kind of forgot about it. It was almost like a, uh, I had people over. Hey, check out this VR game, you know. Right. And and that's what it turned into. It went from me, you know, being excited and, and putting it on every day for a couple of weeks to me forgetting about it and saying, "Hey, who wants to put this VR headset on?" So mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I, I do. I do think they would have they would have a dedicated hardware, but also I also don't think that they would initially have one ready for the actual console. I, I just think it'd be a partnership, and it'd be certain games that'd be strictly for PC. And unless you. Right now, VR is cool. The setup is, is a little bit too much effort and because mm-hmm. you have some wireless, some not. It's a little inconsistent at the moment, and it's expensive. But it is going to happen. Like It will happen. It's a matter of fidelity and, and how available it can be to everybody. Exactly. And I think that's, that's the jam right there uh, for sure. Uh, I, I, I hope that we get a VR at some point, and I think I expect to, Adam. I just don't know that it's going to come down the line anytime soon. Uh, let's see. This one's fun. This one's from Mr. Famous Seamus. One of the most famous Seamuses I've ever known. <laughs> he wants to know, what if Bungie had stayed with Microsoft? Yeah, I like this Ooh. one. I like this one. If Bungie had stayed with Microsoft, uh, they would not have been as relevant as they are today. They would not have been Ooh. successful as they are today. And Destiny would not be a thing. Destiny 2 would not be a thing. And my argument for that is um, they wanted to branch and flex themselves, get away from Halo for a bit. In fact, in the old Halo ODST game, there was Destiny art being used. It's Mm -hmm. since been removed from Master Chief Collection, but like they wanted that. And creativity is everything in the gaming space. And freedom means a lot to a lot of creative minds. Um, If they hadn't branched out, they would have been destined to keep making Halo and everybody loves a comeback story. And in order to have a comeback story, you have to fall from grace. And that's what happened with Halo. And I'm thinking that Halo and Bungie are actually in better places in 2021 than they would have been prior uh, had they not kind of separated. Time heals all wounds, but absence makes, makes the heart grow fonder. And they are, are riding high and, and working well together now, but they needed a break. And so I don't think Bungie would have found nearly the success that they have uh, if they had stayed with Microsoft and now they're in a good spot. I don't know. Where, where are you at on this one, Fane? I think if Bunchy had stayed, Destiny wouldn't be a game until now with this Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're hearing that, you know, Coalition may be working on something different. They're, they're, they're no longer just 
you make this game. We know Playground mm-hmm. is doing Fable along with Forza. I think Destiny wouldn't be a game. I agree with you. Um, I think Destiny would be a concept that we would be seeing now with this Xbox, with this Phil Spencer, with this change that we're getting and the focus on first party, the focus on, you know, dev uh, creativity and flexibility and independence. And hey, we're just over here to see if you guys need anything from us. We would just now be getting Destiny because that old Xbox, uh, as bad as it may sound, would have kept having Bungie just do Halo. Mm-hmm. Halo is what you do. You do nothing else but Halo. So we wouldn't get Destiny until now, which would suck, but kind of amazing because it will have a first time playing Destiny on a Series X. <laughs> it kind of sounds cool. It sounds cool, but can you imagine the gaming landscape without the lessons of Destiny? Think about what Destiny has taught so many games about not being an MMO, but Mm -hmm. being live service, about letting you play with certain certain, certain developers, certain like smaller strike teams and whatnot. Destiny's taught us a lot, and uh, I think them splitting really did a lot for the industry in a way that mm, maybe that wouldn't have happened. 100%. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, good question there. Uh, let's do let's do two more here. This one comes from my man, Mr. Lord James Suddy. It's not a what if question. This is well, maybe it is a what if question. Maybe I'm just let's see. He says, if you could create your perfect game, what types of features and gameplay would it have? Crossplay, multiplayer, single player, RPG, FPS, battle royale. Have fun with it. Perfect game. Lord James Suddy, for me, you know this is a DC game. Made in third-person action, where I can play as various DC heroes, uh, where they all have their distinct feeling. Third-person action. It can be single-player and feel rewarding. Tons of fan service. Uh, enemies of all types. It's all about the Easter eggs and the little obscure enemies like Polka Dot Man up to some of the, the <laughs> massive ones like Dark Side. I should be able to play as Superman and him feel like Superman play as Batman and it feels like Batman shoot green arrow gonna make an appearance we're gonna be the green arrow hopping around trying to catch up with Batman but he's just not quite as good it's just how it is um I want that DC open ish world third person action game where each hero has their own uh and and um absolutely no create a hero in that no create a hero do not want that established heroes only that's right that's right that's what I I like it Crossplay and multiplayer, absolutely. If you want it, but I'm I'm playing solo. That's what I'm doing. What do you got? I, I was going to ask you. You don't want a uh, platform exclusive heroes, but <laughs> absolutely. Not. Let me tell you something about this. Let me tell you something about exclusivity. There are some great things you can do with exclusivity, but heroes belong to everybody. Certain mm-hmm. franchises belong to everybody. Star Wars should be everywhere. Batman should be everywhere. Spider Man. I love Insomniac. They made some of the best video games ever made for a superhero. Mm-hmm. That game should be everywhere. Every like heroes belong to everyone, everyone. And uh, I'll tell you right now, as a fan of Avengers, I hope Xbox doesn't get their own exclusive hero because I don't want that. I don't want players locked out based on mm-hmm. their controller of choice. And it's not how I want it. One hundred percent. Now you know as as far as the question goes, I'm 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 have to cop out on this one. Okay. I think if you asked me this ten years ago, I'll have an answer. I think my gaming tastes have changed so much over the last five to six years that I don't even know what I want anymore. Like I'm like, hey, I'm not a I'm not a 
a creator like that hey you developer go make a game and let me try it and i'll see if i like it i don't know if i could create a game right now because i wouldn't know where to go i am so into so many different styles of games now first person third person tactical rpg rts like i'm into so many different games i wouldn't even know where to begin like this is the type of question i would have to sit and put on my my grandfather glasses and my Jesus Walks 11 shoes and really think <laughs> on on what I would want because my gaming palette is all over the place. Like, I'm, I'm a kid, you know, discovering fruit for the first time. I have no idea where I would go. Uh, so I'm going to cop out on this one and just say, I'll, I'm not a creator. I'm going to let the creators create, and I'll try it. Uh, I'm about to cop out. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. I'm just so desperate to fly around as Superman. You know, I want a good Superman game. So that's, I, I respect it all day. I'm so afraid of a Superman game. I'm so afraid of, of, of uh, because I, I just, he's the type of character that's just too OP. He is right? OP. Yeah. And are you going to tell me that you got, because this weakness is Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that random goons on the street, unless you, you can find a way to make the story work to where a cataclysm style event happened to where shards of Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. fell across the planet earth and everyone has some in their pocket mm-hmm. that's the only way a random like, can you imagine playing a superman and you get downed by a goon goon one like, right. <laughs> like right. come I got on you. who even voiced goon one and how was he able to take me down and i am freaking superman yeah you you would need to do uh you would need to do like kryptonite weapons here and there recognize like let him be op against like certain characters right let him just tank out like if bane walks up to him and just drops bane uh in a hit or two but you'd also have to bring in like mongol and dark side and some of these heavy mm-hmm. hitters um but it'd be more fun to say all right can i do this as superman or flip over all right it's gonna be a little more tough if i'm rocking his green arrow or the flash or something like that. I, you know yeah there are ways to do it but uh cheers to anybody that makes that game because i don't want to hear i don't want the evil superman game i'm I, injustice is great let it live on its own we don't need to keep making that same story. That's where I'm True. at. True. That's where I'm at. All right, there's a there's a anime or uh, there's something a movie or something based off that universe that's releasing too. Yes, there's gonna is. be interesting to see. So excited. So excited for that game. Or that movie rather. Um DC animation, man. It's something. That's where it's at. Yeah. All right. Let's rock one more. Let's rock one more. This one from Mr. Captain Logan himself. He said Phil Spencer gave a one-week review of the Steam Deck and seems impressed. Additionally, he's been on record as saying he wants Game Pass to come to as many devices as possible and talks with the Nintendo aren't positive. Will Phil replace the Switch on his shelf with a Steam Deck? Logan, that Switch on his shelf, he says it was a gift from Nintendo because they're down the road from Mm -hmm. each other. Um, And I think he's trying to open it in positive relations with them. I don't think it's a fill thing so much as a, an industry thing and licensing thing and where monies are. Think about the, mm-hmm. the Apple storefront and who wants a cut of what he does. Xbox wants game pass, wherever they can have it, X club, wherever they can have it, because that's the future. Hardware isn't steam deck sounds great, but that thing's huge and it's not portable. <laughs> like it, that's like a Sega nomad back in the day. We told ourselves it was portable and yeah, portable. That thing so is huge. I'm, I'm all ready for steam deck two in a few years. Uh, for folding screens to be a thing in a few years, but for now, um, Nintendo is doing what they're doing. They're doing their thing. They're making money. I don't. I don't understand it, but I'm happy for them. It, it it'll happen eventually, but no time soon. No time soon. Yeah, I, I definitely don't see that switch being replaced. Um, I, I 
if we were to see any other big uh, publisher or, or console maker do it, uh, bring Game Pass over, it would be Nintendo. It would never be Sony. Uh, so I, I truly believe that one day I can see that partnership happening. Um, as far as the same deck goes, yeah. Um, I'm not taking that big. Uh, I'm not taking Big Boy out of the house. That thing, that thing is huge. Um, it, it doesn't look comfortable. Um, but I will say, if it truly is a PC and if they can get Game Pass running on that thing, I think that, in my opinion, for me, for me, me personally, mm-hmm. that would be a better solution to play Game Pass on the go than X Cloud for me. Even though I got a 5G device and Wi-Fi is everywhere. Sure. Um, I have to take my phone and I have to, you know, either go buy a is it Re- Riki? Re- uh, Razor 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 Kishi. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like completely merge those together. That's all right. Uh, you have to take that or take a controller. I would love to have it all in one format. So give me a Gen Two that's not so big. That's not so. It could, to me, it's ugly. It's ugly in my opinion. Um, but to me, that is a better solution than X Cloud for on the go. Um, if if you're able to get um, Game Pass on it, I agree. I agree. And I will say the Razer Kishi, it served me well. I'm very interested in that backbone for Android devices. Ooh, that looks as good. A competitor. It looks good. And the Kishi is a little flimsy for shooters, but great for platformers. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on that one. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Oh, man. What a show. I didn't expect us to go this long, but I am so grateful for your time, Mr. David. Oh, Whitaker. indeed, brother. We, we could have we went on for hours after. <laughs> we sure could, man. We sure could. I think it's important that you take a moment and let the people know where they can find you, where they should be finding your content, because your voice is infectious in the best ways, and more people <laughs> need to have that that humor and that positivity. Well, yeah, we're on YouTube, LV1 Gaming. Uh, if you search it up and you see the fiery red orange phoenix, that is us. Uh, if you search up youtube.com backslash LV1 Gaming, it's LV1 Gaming 20 because someone took our name because they decided they didn't like us. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, get your gaming news from LV1Gaming.com. I have an amazing team of writers and editors that put out a great mixture of new stuff, of original pieces, anime, entertainment some great work being done over there. Um, I, I love my writing team to, to no end. Uh, we do shows on our YouTube uh, now seven days a week. Can you believe it? Um, Monday, I do a show with just my own. Tuesday, uh, Tuesday is a bit of a flux right now. We do have a show in place of it. Uh, unfortunately, we lost one of the members of our team, Trevor, who passed away suddenly. Um, so sorry to hear that. And we're still kind of reeling from that. Uh, so the Tuesday show is on hiatus until... Um, the other co-host of that show is ready for it to return. But we do do shows seven days a week. We never ask people, hey, make sure you come over here and definitely like, definitely subscribe. We tell people, just give us a chance to entertain you. Um, we have shows, different shows, different personalities, seven days a week. One of those shows, I'm quite sure, will be entertaining. And our flagship show is on Wednesdays, the Double XP Podcast. Uh, we take all the podcast co-hosts from the other shows, and we do a show together on Wednesdays. And that's when you get our Jeff Grubbs with the Ryan McCaffrey's our big interviews. They come on to our double XP podcast. And yeah, man, I, I'm definitely appreciative of you having me on today. I definitely would love to do this again. I definitely want to get you back on two XP again. Uh, Cause it's, it's going to always be a, cause I want to say you were the tornado episode, correct? I was the tornado episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're the tornado episode. And I felt so bad, but it's like, 
everything in my house is going off of yeah you might want to shelter because there's tornadoes all around you and uh we definitely got to get you back on it's no longer tornado season so we can get you on and have a full-blown episode i'm down for it my friend i'm i'm excited for it yes sir we'll do it when we can uh no tornadoes necessary for sure (laughs) List, dear listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening to this portion of XEP episode 95. I'm going to send you now to an interview with developers Hero Concept, who are making uh, the game that is out this week called Mayhem Brawler. It is a 2D pixelated uh, action game in the vein of Streets of Rage. We talk with Sirkin Ose uh, of Hero Concept, as well as Aaron Merchetz, Mer. Sechi, Mercechi. Oh my gosh, Aaron, I'm so sorry. Um, it, <laughs> they are going to talk to us about their game, what they're doing with that 90s arcade vibe and that urban fantasy beat em up, as they say. I hope you enjoy that and give Hero Concepts uh, Mayhem Brawler a look. That's it for me this week. Have a wonderful gaming week, everybody. Take care. I'd like to welcome now to the show Sirkin Ozai, co-founder of and creative director of Hero Concept, and Aaron Mercechi, executive board member of Hero Concept. Gentlemen, thank you for being here to talk about Mayhem Brawler. Good to be here, Luke. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Well, it is a pleasure to have you guys. We're here to have you talk about your uh, 90s-inspired insi- 90s urban beat-em-up mayhem brawler. I'm stoked to hear about it, uh, but I'd love to know a little bit more about Hero Concept before we get started. Uh, how big is the studio that you guys are working with? Uh, currently, we have uh, three core members. However, uh, we work with... Uh, approximately 10 to 11 uh, freelancers for the Mayhem Brawler. Uh, right now, we're expanding our team for the uh, next project. Wow, fantastic. So you guys started small and, and you're, you're uh, working your way up slowly. It sounds like uh, a lot of people are putting in, in time on Mayhem Brawler. Now, the idea behind it is this 90s beat-em-up this urban fantasy beat-em-up. Where did that come from? Actually, uh, they are uh, my uh, tabletop uh, RPG characters. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Back in the day, uh, me and my party is uh, played with them uh, on some occasions. uh, For... uh, of course, I, I'm a Dungeons and Dragons uh, player. However, uh, uh, when I start boring with the sword and sorcery genre, uh, jump to the superhero. <laughs> then uh, these characters start to pop up. For example, uh, Dolphin uh, was the one of the first uh, characters. Uh, then uh, Star is born, uh, also a trouble. Uh, uh, it's like uh, Hickman and Tracy, uh, uh, Tracy Hickman and uh, ah, uh, what was the Dragonlance uh, writer's uh, name? Uh, uh, they are uh, absolutely uh, RPG characters, uh, actually played with tabletop. <laughs> really? Huh. Well, that's an interesting inspiration there to have your, your heroes. And you mentioned they are superheroes. Of course. Uh, actually, uh, Mayhem uh, 
universe is uh, built around uh, another project, uh, a trading card game project. Uh, it was called uh, Mayhem Chronicles. However, uh, since we are a very small team, uh, we cannot afford uh, uh, to market marketing efforts for the uh, uh, trading card game. But look, what I want to do is I want to take I want I want to take a step back from what Serkan has been saying, if you don't mind me, and, and kind of get to the point of why we are framing the, this game and this universe the way Serkan has been telling. So the entire point of the creation of Hero Concept as a studio, as an indie gaming studio, is to create you know um, valuable IPs such as Mayhem, uh, the universe, and then plug those characters and those those storylines within different types of games. So, um, you know, followers will actually check and eventually realize that uh, this is by far not the first game that we have created within Hero Concept. Uh, we have a previously uh, earlier setup IP called Dowling, Dowlings, Dowlings, which with two different games, which are also both inspired from different 90s games. So the first one is a tribute to the Brick Breaker genre, and the second one is actually... Um, uh, uh, a space invaders tribute using space, yeah. So, so what we have done here with Mayhem, uh, as Sarkhan is saying, is we have taken characters and uh, settings and storylines that he has been working as a dungeon master and playing with his parties, and then bring them to life. And you know, we we you know we had we had a lot of brainstorming sessions initially during the ideation stage of the game. And we decided to continue with the '90s uh, genre type. You know what else? What well, what better than a, than a beat 'em up? You know, as we have seen the beat 'em up genre come back in force, and adding different angles and uh, various features that we haven't seen in previous games, made this a very passionate project. And now that we're almost at the end of uh, release, which is happening August 19th, so in less than a month, really, uh, it all come it all comes together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very exciting for us. It's neat to hear how many threads are involved in bringing this game to fruition for across different uh, forms of media and different experiences. Uh, that's a really fascinating uh, element. Now, you guys have three-player couch co-op that a lot of people will be able to jump into and, and play with friends locally, or they can play solo. Um, these superheroes, as it were, are creative and silly and wild because as we're watching cutscenes, there's also a social media feed on the right side of the screen as well and and, and look we're, we're all those feeds we, we we have all so all the people commenting are um hero concept you know uh team members so you'll see our names pop up and comment something wacky quite frequently so that's our way of you know staying in the game rather than drawing us in as a character or something that's wild. How did you guys d- land on that as an idea? <laughs> uh, actually, I don't have a have an answer for, for this. Just uh, showed in my mind. <laughs> no, no. So, the, so, the, so the way well, the you... way it came to be is um, so we have so obviously we want the entire game to have a comic book look. I mean, as you'll see in the demo, I'm sure you've played and the visuals. We have pushed very hard for a for a comic book style drawing, and this is all hand drawn, you know, hand driven, uh, hand drawn animation. So it's very painstakingly detailed. And it, I mean, the longest time we've spent in the development section 
is with the artwork, you know, with the, the backgrounds, the characters. Uh, I mean, I cannot yeah. imagine the time it took everyone in the team to get this thing done. So, you know, naturally what we wanted to do transitioning from level to level is to keep the comic book feel and what better way to describe it than to have the, you know, the comic book strip, you know, um, screen by screen explanation of the storyline. And we wanted to kind of keep it dynamic rather than just seeing what's unfolding. And uh, social media is a big part of everyone. And we have been seeing a lot of indie and gaming people reacting through Twitter. So we figured to have a Twitter feed that is kind of keeping the uh, the player at least not as bored during transitions. And um, if they're inter- and, and I know it is a beat-em-up game at heart, so ultimately people are, are more interested in punching or kicking people. But for those who are interested in the lore and the storyline, you know, it, it keeps it, it keeps it much, much more engaging than just watching uh, uh, an interim screen, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, we have uh, many things, many, many things to tell uh, about the Mayhem universe. So uh, we need a, a supportive uh, part of, for the game. So uh, we created uh, social media feeds. Uh, it's Sometimes funny, sometimes cringy, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> informative, but ultimately it's uh, really fun and uh, it's tell many t- t- things about the game. Sarkar makes a very good point. So, I mean, I think I think the, the, the narration device that we're putting in ultimately comes to fruition uh, when you proceed onto the later stages of the game because one of the key... Um, uniqueness that we are offering through Mayhem Brawler is the fact that uh, based on the choices that the player makes at the end of each stage, after each boss fight, there is an option or there's a there's a choice screen uh, asking you which action you'd like to follow, similar to the books you've been reading as a child. I'm sure you've looked at those too in the past. And based on the decisions mm-hmm. that you have taken, um, you will end up in one of the three endings that we have, which means you'll end up in a completely different part of uh, the Mayhem universe with a different type of uh, mobs, final boss. The storyline will be completely different. Uh, it'll eventually make sense if you play it you know, again and again, and so you can see the different endings blend into each other. But we want to increase the level of curiosity, the level of engagement, and ultimately the replay value of a beat-em-up game because the classic beat-em-ups that you're playing, you, know, you go through them once, you've seen everything, nothing's new to you, so... We want to keep it fresh, and we have a lot of good players in the in the mix now. So we want those people who can, you know, crush through the game in the first few hours to come back and keep playing it. Not only for different endings, but we also will have a speedrunning uh, future built into the to, to the game, so that we can have more uh, replay and watchability value. Because a lot of people enjoy watching 3D games and playing it. I mean, I'm on the latter part, but we have to keep the options open. Certainly. And the idea of distinct endings in a brawler, I think, is really exciting, uh, particularly one with three distinct endings. And I was noticing when I watched uh, gameplay of the game that players will be making different choices uh, in different in different elements in between levels. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, final three uh, level alternatives, uh, totally different, uh, totally new enemies. Uh, never recycled uh, from previous uh, levels. Uh, totally, uh, totally different uh, final uh, decisions 
uh, and conclusions. Uh, so I, I personally <laughs> so excited about this. <laughs> so I, I'm still playing the game. Uh, this is really important. Uh, we start developing uh, uh, since I, I, I think uh, the, yeah two years. Uh, two years we developing the game, and I'm uh, still playing the game uh, with uh, great joy. Uh, this is uh, really important for 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 the developers. Uh, because uh, at some point, uh, replay, replay, test, replay, replay, debug uh, is uh, becomes a boring uh, period. But sure. uh, <laughs> I'm still uh, playing the game. <laughs> it's always a good sign when the developer enjoys playing what they've been playing, even though they've been working on it for years at a time. So I think that bodes well for the future. Yep. Uh, actually, uh, think about I, I'm the level designer too. This means I played uh, than uh, other developers than uh, two, two, two or three more times. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so, so Mayhem Brawler, it's hand-drawn. You've been working on it for two years, three distinct endings, mm -hmm. uh, three-player couch co-op. And my understanding is that you guys have over over 10 different bosses, I think 12 bosses throughout the game. 12, but uh, uh, a playthrough uh, be, uh, uh, formed uh, with seven different levels. Uh, but uh, in game uh, we have uh, eleven, uh, twelve uh, levels. Uh, so you need to play at least three times to see all levels and all mm -hmm. uh, endings. Uh, okay. What's a typical? This is a dangerous question. What's a typical playthrough length for a game like Mayhem Brawler for your guys' work? How long would it take to go through from from the beginning to one of the endings? Oh, um. <laughs> you don't have to answer that one if you don't want to. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, take the, I'll play the consultant card and say it depends. <laughs> but ah, there you go. Yeah, see, there you go. Uh, that's I mean, that's some good I, PR backflipping. I like it. No, no, but 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 the the, but the, the good if, thing. Yeah. No, go ahead, Saka. Uh, if you are a. Uh, and expert uh, beat em up players, uh, mm -hmm. and you can play easy or normal mod, which is a cadet and officer mod uh, in in game terms. Uh, mm -hmm. You can see all uh, endings uh, three playthrough times, mm, uh, maybe three hours, uh, maybe two hours. I don't know. The, yeah, you can uh, buy it from uh, Steam and. <laughs> <laughs> if you complete the game, then you can refund. <laughs> nah, we don't want anyone doing that. We don't want that. <laughs> but but you know, this is a thing. <laughs> no, so well, tell me this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Aaron, please. So, but but so the, 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 the good thing about the AI that we have built into the game is um depending on how you're playing or how many people are joining in and out, the kind the game kind of balances itself. Mm -hmm. So if you're playing couch mm -hmm. co-op with three people, um, you get a lot more enemies. The health bars are stronger. Their breakpoints are stronger. Um, but there is a big. Uh, there are a few interesting features that you will not be able to find in a traditional, even even currently uh, released uh, and played through um, B 
beat him up. So we do have a block button, which is not very often used in a beat him up game. And given the difficulty level of uh, the type of different mobs that we have, because here we have different factions. We have werewolves, we have vampires, we have spellcasters. You know, we have uh, combinations of all those things that I mentioned. So if you don't really built on your technique growing up further into the levels, you will eventually get stuck. So you have to be able to figure out how to actively use blocking versus using of weapons and specials. And we also have a large list of different buffs and debuffs that you can either give the mobs or you can receive from them. So you can have bleeding effects, um, dizzy effects, um, shielding effects. So learning all of these so, early on is are crucial in terms of how can, well you can go through the levels. I want to interrupt for just a minute then uh, on that point, because for any listener that's not tracking kind of our descriptions here, uh, your beat-em-up is reminiscent of, say, Streets of Rage and Comic Zone and, and some of those styles. But as I watch gameplay, I see status effects above these different characters, those yes. shields and those bleeding yes. effects. And that's what you're talking about. Am I correct? Yes, of course. We have three, three uh, basic uh, debuffs. Uh, bleeds, exposed, and dazed. Uh, these explanations in uh, embed with the game, so I will not e explain uh, here. But however, uh, it's uh, open a gate for the uh, tactical play. So mm -hmm. our high score system even uh, encourages the uh, tactical play. Uh, by the way, if you want to deep dive, uh, just open friendly fires and play with a uh, two-player game this is oh boy <laughs> this is uh, this is a really total mayhem <laughs> oh goodness. for the namesake <laughs> oh goodness i can only imagine the the uh slapping on the couch if, I, if i've got friendly fire on and i'm and i'm reaching next to my partner over there goodness that sounds yep. like a good time yeah no, that's 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 very tricky yeah um, the, another thing that I kind of wanted to spend in, uh, I, so, so, so following up with this, I, as, as you mentioned, there are a lot of little intricate things that I have been mentioning and Sarakan has been mentioning, and you might be wondering how those things came to be. And the, the big answer to all of this is we, at Hero Concept, you know, given what we have learned in the past and our asses being kicked in different ways uh, through project development and releases and functions, we really care about um, user feedback and player feedback. So in order to make sure that a game of this scale is actually executed properly, uh, we have been uh, working with a very high number of beta testers for more than six or seven months in our Discord channel. So all the levels and gameplay that you have been seeing have been broken down to pieces time and again. And we have received maybe thousands of good and bad feedback maybe from since the beginning of this year, really. So we have gone through all these stages to fine-tune, add something, uh, I don't know, debuff something, buff something, speed up something. So uh, we have we, we really have to thank all the beta testers that we have that are that still work to this day uh, to, to catch different things and to make by sure the, the gameplay way, is as efficient as possible. By the way, they all niche uh, beat-em-up uh, speedrunners. Yeah. Are they really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Goodness. Goodness. I find that so impressive because I am a terrible brawler. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the way, so you're entering into a highly contested zone in beat-em-ups. And 
you want to add value to the genre and you don't want to come off as a basic formula. So with the storyline, with the debuffing, with the technical system, uh, with the co-op, with the storylines, and with the gameplay quality fixes and optimizations that we get through specific tester feedback, I think really, really holds an advantage. And uh, from the initial uh, events that we have participated, uh, both for the DemoFest and Xbox and Steam and other things, uh, we have been receiving very, yes. very favorable results. Uh, our ratings have been you know, between four and five, especially in the latest uh, Xbox uh, DemoFest. And we have been getting very um, encouraging feedback, inviting and comments too. So everything that we are getting, we're making sure they implement into the game. And I can already tell that our team is currently uh, working uh, on the first major update of the game, of the first patch of the game, even before the game is launched in, in less than a month's time. So this, this should show people who are watching closely or listening closely that you know our team is always listening, adapting, and optimizing. Well, that brings up the, a question from a listener, Famous Seamus, who played your game, uh, I believe, at a demo fest. He said, I really enjoyed the improvements you made on the game from last year's demo fest to this year's demo fest. Uh, specifically, what feedback from those demo fests had an impact on the game? Uh, and how do you make the game stand out from other 2D brawlers? Uh, take the first part of that uh, first, if you don't mind. What changed between the two demo fests specifically? Uh... In first demo, uh, we have only one players, uh, no weapon system, no uh, throw item system. Uh, also, uh, our uh, situation uh, condition system uh, was experimental uh, uh, there. Uh, and also, it was only a one-stage demo, so we weren't able to demonstrate the fact that you can actually make choices throughout the game. So of one course, of the biggest of points course. of the game wasn't... Yeah, you, you couldn't figure out that was what was going on with the game if you're just simply playing a level of um, a quintessentially basic beat-em-up game and then it just says thank you for playing. So it was kind of a testing ground for us. Interesting, interesting. Now, were you guys pleased with the kind of the improvement in that year's time uh, maybe we can talk about uh, the next improvements uh, i don't know if you prefer of course <laughs> please feel free okay uh, we will uh, expand the uh, combo uh, system uh, our uh, combo system was uh, a bit limited uh, but, uh, however, we add uh, more uh, air uh, actions, uh, supportive combo actions, uh, uh, also a counter-attack uh, system uh, developed. So, uh, initially, we have uh, nearly uh, complete the uh, frames uh, of the artwork of the uh, next patch. Uh, sorry, I'm so excited right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Then uh, probably a, a month or two after uh, the initial release, uh, our updates will be released. And gotcha. speaking of speaking gotcha. of the release, Luke, um, the way our team has been working is, um, given that this is a fairly dedicated console project, um, our our uh, porting teams have been also working day and night to make sure that 
uh, on the day of release, you know, we are released, hopefully, again, fingers crossed, simultaneously in all uh, all platforms. So, you know, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch. We're actually, not that it means a lot in the U.S., but we're the first Turkish uh, uh, gaming company that actually has titles released in all four platforms in history. So... It, 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 it is something that's fantastic. That we are, Congratulations. It, it is something that we are proud of. And I think it kind of shows that if you have uh, enough layers of planning ahead of time, you can, you know, negotiate uh, ratings from a Japanese uh, email exchange with Nintendo people, uh, make sure that the Xbox and PlayStation guys are also in line. And uh, to be able to have this kind of uh, game available really in every console that you can imagine is something that we're very excited about and uh, hopefully we'll be able to deliver the same experience. And I know that some uh, some genre enthusiasts do enjoy having these games in more than one platform. And the target crowd of this type of game do own at least two of these systems. I mean, they may have a gaming PC and an Xbox, or they may have a Switch, I don't know, mm-hmm. and a PlayStation. So the fact that they, they'll be able to play this game in multiple consoles simultaneously is is a big value added and a, a big psychological win, you know, for Hero Concept too. <laughs> is it difficult to balance so many release? Uh, I should not say Windows release regions, consoles, and, and distributors. Is that a difficult thing for a, a team like your size? Because to be the first uh, Turkish studio to really do this, that's a that's a wonderful accomplishment and congratulations. Thank you. Uh, and yes, uh, it's very difficult and uh, time and energy consuming uh, uh, period. Uh, so <laughs> I'm uh, excited, but uh, also I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can imagine that release date's coming soon and you're looking forward to uh, hopefully some downtime at some point in the future. Uh, yes, uh, as as we speak before, uh, currently we are in a, a holiday uh, uh, sacrificial feast. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to uh, gather my gather my energy and spirits right now. Well, you guys are you know a little less than a month out from release. You yes. are releasing on multiple platforms. I would love it if you would recap for listeners. Uh, where they can go to purchase the game, depending on whatever system they are on. I and mean, of course, it's the Xbox expansion pass, but it's available in multiple places, price points, um, and then just just what you're excited about hearing from the community once the game does release. Okay, Eren, can you? Sure. So, thank you again. So, as I said earlier, the game will launch hopefully on August 19th in all platforms, including PC, so it'll be on Steam. Uh, so, on, so if you're a PC gamer, you can already go on Steam and put it onto your wish list. And once it goes live, you can go ahead and download it. Uh, with Xbox, it is going to be also on the uh, on the online store uh, to download on the same date. Xbox One uh, and Xbox One and Series X, of, of course. Yes. Yeah, so for both, so uh, both, nice. both versions. Um, again, mm-hmm. and, and for Xbox, it is already available for pre-order, right, Sarkan? Mm-hmm. So yep, for Xbox, yep, you can course. already go purchase it if you want. Um, with Nintendo, it is also on their website. It's also going to be delivered the same day. Uh, and for so this will be for Switch. And for PlayStation, it's, it's currently uh, for PlayStation 4 only. And really, the only reason beh- behind no, no, that no, is... No, 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 no. 4 and 5. 
Okay. So, so, we, we, oh, okay. So that we got fixed. Okay. Because initially we didn't have the uh, <laughs> the dev kit for PlayStation Five. So now that we have it, that's good. Okay. Mm. It was it was an interesting process, but uh, I'm sure it got done at the last minute. So for all across all the um, all the <laughs> platforms, it will be available, and the uh, the price point that we are seeing uh, in the US is uh, 19.99 for the entire game, and uh, once you have it, uh, you have the entire game, and we may be we may be interested in doing some DLCs in the future, depending on customer feedback. Uh, Potentially with additional characters, uh, levels, different modes that you have maybe seen elsewhere, but ultimately what we want to show people is that uh, you know traditional boulder slash beat 'em up genre is alive and well, and there are very exciting titles coming in later this year, and we're really excited to be uh, in the middle of all these uh, big names, and we are fairly confident that the type of story and the setup that we're providing is really going to excite a you know, long-time fans of the genre, and based on all the feedback and uh, direction that we'll get from them, it'll help us to, you know, optimize what we have in place and also uh, contribute ideas for uh, the follow-up projects. So we're really excited. And um, again, uh, the, the the Twitch and the, 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 the Discord channel is alive and well popping. You know, we're always happy to see more people. Our social media is very active in uh, getting uh, touch back and forth. So we're always open to suggestions, messages, encouragement, uh, really anything and everything. So we're a very responsive company on social media, and we're a small company, but we're hopefully going to be one of the um, more sustained IP developers within the within the different types of genres of games. And hopefully, if you're looking back in four to five years and you're thinking 90s games or 90s games tribute genres, uh, we hope to see here a concept as one of the leading figures uh, within the realm. Uh, you know, for now and forever. Well, listeners, you can follow, find them on Twitter as well at Hero Concept, and definitely do wishlist that if you're on Steam. Check it out if you're on PlayStation, Xbox, uh, or Switch for sure. I am so appreciative of your time today, guys, and I'm so looking forward to release. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Really excited. Thank you very much, Luke. Really appreciate it. Thank you.